Well, kia ora and morena and welcome to the Dawn Chorus. I'm Bernard Hickey on the Kaka. Today we're going to look at a couple of bits of news that have come out this morning around migration. Chris Farfoy, the Immigration Minister, has announced that 10,000 work visas for people already in New Zealand in seasonal employment and employment and holiday maker mode, uh, they're given an extra six months extension to their work visas. And we've heard from Damien O'Connor, who has announced that there will be 200 new work visas given to dairy farm workers and managers, and an extra 50 work visas for uh, people who come here as vets. This is all, of course, in contrast with the tone of the announcement a few weeks ago from the government that it wanted to restrict these sorts of temporary work visas and shows you how difficult it is to um, go cold turkey on the uh, foreign workers. Meanwhile, the Hospitality Association, who of course are not happy with this move to restrict the number of um, temporary workers coming into New Zealand to work in hospitality, has announced they're planning a campaign and in a few weeks they'll be doing a uh, lights out campaign. So for two minutes, uh, cafes and restaurants will turn their lights out in protest at the tightening of migration laws. Meanwhile, the Climate Commission uh, came out yesterday with its uh, final report to the government on what should be done about uh, reducing our climate emissions, how much, how soon, what type of things need to be done. It has increased the size of the cut in carbon emissions that we need to do by tw by 2035. Uh, now over 40% cut in emissions. That's up another 6% from what it recommended in January, in part because um, we have doubled our transport emissions since 1990. The Climate Commission is recommending that essentially we phase out imports of petrol and diesel cars by 2035, including having half of our car imports being EVs and hybrids by 2029. That's only eight years away. Also, it, likes to, it wants to see one in seven trips shifted from cars into onto bikes and into cycling and public transport. It wants to see the numbers of sheep and beef down 13% by 2035. And that is some pretty significant political pain for the government to try to sell if it's going to do it. Uh, these two bits of news, the migration news and the climate change news, just emphasise how hard it will be, particularly when the government itself has ruled out changing the incentives for investment. You've got to remember we've got this very small business heavy workforce that is reliant on relatively low wage labour, not investing in a lot of technology, where for many of those businesses the main investment will be in a double cab ute. And you can't uh, forget that our top three selling new vehicles in New Zealand in the last month were the, in this order, Ford Ranger, Toyota Hilux and Mitsubishi Triton, all double cab utes, where there is effectively a tax subsidy at the moment because most of those utes, um, they are exempt from fringe benefits tax. So uh, the, the political uh, economy is making it very difficult to make these changes. I'm actually going to argue in my spin-off uh, podcast and uh, column coming out this weekend that I actually think most of the real change will happen uh, through businesses and consumers driving many in the economy to make these changes, uh, particularly through uh, regulators, 
financial regulators, insurers, banks, forcing banks to stop lending to climate emitters, uh, forcing insurers to stop writing insurance for climate emitters, and also for those affected by climate change, particularly sea level change. And uh, those changes, along with the consumers demanding uh, a better disclosure on climate and uh, the likes of uh, big companies um, shifting away from climate emissions um, will drive, I think, the agenda. I think it'll be too hard for the government to actually make these things happen, even though they talked a good game yesterday about life or death moments, nuclear free moment for this generation. To actually achieve the sort of reductions that the Climate Commission is talking about would take tens of billions of dollars and decades, yet... They're talking about, within 14 years, a reduction of more than 40% in emissions. In fact, in transport, more than 60% in emissions. That's simply not possible, unless you were very quickly able to effectively repurpose roads and motorways for pedestrians, buses, and cyclists. And you also pretty much stopped importing petrol and diesel cars now. Now, for a lot of businesses and poorer consumers and workers, that is totally impossible with the lifestyles and the housing situations they live in at the moment. Meanwhile, overseas, uh, the big news um, overnight is that China is having a big COVID problem, particularly in the south of China, around the Guangzhou province. This is where a lot of the factories are and the ports. Looks like the Delta variant, that's the Indian variant, has gotten into Guangzhou and uh, certainly um, meaning that uh, that province and the Yantian port has been closed and there's some real worries there now about uh, China managing to keep things under control, particularly with the Indian variant now in China and India and China's vaccine uh, that is not effective it seems against the Indian variant so some real worries there, also a real problem with uh, vaccine hesitancy in China Meanwhile, um, in Australia, uh, we've seen one case in the community in Queensland. Looks like it's come from Victoria, although Victoria has announced a windback of its lockdown later this week. That's good news. And we've seen some of the first flights coming in from Melbourne overnight of New Zealanders returning. Also on the inflation front, remember I'm keeping an eye on inflation. I have a view that inflation, this inflation spike that we're seeing at the moment is temporary. Uh, overnight, we saw uh, global bond yields fall substantially. Uh, the 10-year US government bond yield fell to 1.52%, 4 or 5 basis points, and uh, that is well down from the 1.77% high we saw in March. Why is this important? Well, the US Treasury's market is the effectively the wisdom of the crowds expressed by financial markets in their expectations about inflation and central bank support. The big thing to watch for in the next 24 hours is the uh, inflation figures coming out of America. Now, we're likely to see, according to economists, a headline number of about 4.7% annual CPI inflation and core inflation of about 3.5%. Now, that's quite a spike. That would be the highest in nearly 20 years. And on the face of it, that that's a, um, a big fire alarm for those worried about inflation. However, the market seem convinced that the US Federal Reserve is going to hold its nerve and uh, say that it will continue to support the market with very low interest rates and plenty of quantitative easing, i.e. money printing. In Europe, um, the European Central Bank is also doing whatever it takes to uh, keep interest rates low, even though the inflation is perking up a bit. And just to give you a sense of 
how much people believe the European Central Bank will do whatever it takes and that the central banks effectively support asset prices with money printing. We saw a bond auction, you know how I love watching bond auctions, a bond auction overnight in Greece. Remember the Greek um, bond crisis? Well, the Greek 10-year bond yield is currently 0.81% and a bond auction there of 2.5 billion euros of bonds was um, effectively uh, 11 times subscribed. So there is no problem with inflation expectations in the bond markets, at least in Europe and the United States, although we'll keep an eye on that inflation number tomorrow. Watch out over the next couple of days for more on the uh, inflation front and more reaction on the Climate Commission stuff. The opposition, particularly the National Party, have... Uh, gone into their shelves a bit, um, some minor quibbles around the side. The ACT Party, which increasingly is looking like the full uh, opposition, have come out and said dump the entire report and rely completely on the emissions trading scheme to get emissions down. Problem there, of course, if you just put all of the weight into the emissions trading scheme, you would potentially see an explosion in petrol prices, and that would hurt the poor in particular very hard. The real risk here with this climate transmission trans transition is an unjust transition so that all the extra costs of higher energy prices goes straight on to uh, those who are having to commute from the suburbs with their three or four cars per household and uh, don't have a lot of income to deal with the increase in fuel costs. So there we have it. That is the dawn chorus from the kaka. I am Bernard Hickey. Look forward to talking to you again tomorrow.